is a code of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence that can't go on. Hi, my name is Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 30th, 2008. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and you'll find lots of previous talks and audios you can download listen to at your leisure. They're filling in a lot of the gaps behind the reality, this agenda, which is a reality, which has been going on for hundreds of years with a definite objective in mind. Also look into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up in the various languages of Europe. And in Canada here, where I am, there's been no summer. It was cancelled this year by the Flyboys and those guys that do the harp way up north north to Alaska, as the song goes. But you can pick up on the shortwave radio every day, 24 hours per day, and it's been made that since 2001. As they heavily manipulate the weather with aerial spraying, and sometimes there's too much of a population complaining about their spraying, such as happened in Florida and parts of California, they change the timing of their spray so they do it in the very early morning, but 4 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. So you wake up to this mush in the sky. But up here, because everyone's so fixed on swatting flies and mosquitoes and, and deer fly that keep eating you, you don't have much time to look up so they can spray all day long and no one really notices. And for two months, it's been clockwork, clockwork weather on cue. You get two hours of starlight at the end of the night. It clears. It's nice and cool. In come the clouds, they're there all day the next day, they rain, and then about 4 p.m. you have a break for a half hour, a little bit of sun is allowed through, and then it's back to cloudiness again until the evening stars come out for your two hours. And this is, this is regular, it's routine, it's made-to-order weather. And the only thing that's really thriving are the mosquitoes and a deer fly, who have a great time. And once again, I've donated enough blood to nature this year. I don't have to help the greenies on. I've done my bit. I'm good and anemic. I can guarantee you that. And they just keep on coming. They're the only things that can thrive in this weather. So, another interesting fact to do with this is that Canada is going to be one of the biggest suppliers of water to the rest of the world. Think about that. And here it is always pouring pouring rain and filling up all the big pools and reservoirs that will be for export plus the rivers as well. These projects were signed sealed, and sealed back at the free trade negotiations back in the 80s. Private companies will be selling rain. Well, they're making sure they're going to have, they're going to have lots of rain to sell them. But mind you, I'd put it through a filter before I drank it because you can taste the metallic particles from this goo that comes from the sky in the water. So always filter it. You'll end up with a third head or a second one. That's the nature of the beast we live in. Great times. 
days of miracles and wonders. And, and who would have thought, who would have thought it would have gone on so far? See, we're the last to know in this level of reality what's really going on. We're given things to focus on today and to chirp about. We chirp to each other, chirp, 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 back and forth. And we gossip, we gossip all the news is given to us and complain. But they never tell you how far ahead they really are or the sciences that are being used on you continuously in this ongoing war. And this truly is an ongoing war, generation after generation. Reality ain't what it used to be. And I'll be back with more after this following break. the matrix, this multi-faceted, many-roomed complex, which most folk think is reality that just evolved. And after all, evolution is the present religion, as all the sciences keep telling us. We just came out of slime, and somehow an intellect developed to push on to something better and bigger, very ambitious. You know, we're, all, we're all very ambitious amoeba at one time, with tiny little brains, obviously, even though they can't find the brains in them. And we had to struggle to survive through the slime. And, and we grew all the way up to where we are today. And we haven't stopped, apparently, because we have to go through the next big leap forward. The big leap forward that's already planned for us by our betters. Our betters are those guys who have ruled the planet for centuries with an economic system and basically own it and everything in it. And they've used a legal system to make sure that they own us as well social insurance numbers, which is a sin number. That's the first sin, you see. They're registered at birth. And all that kind of stuff, and the rest of it's legalities and con games. But they also have massive scientific organizations that came out of the early alchemy brotherhoods of the Middle Ages. And beneath all the mumbo-jumbo of the alchemists, they did practice chemistry. And they promised as part of their oath to each other, as you were apprenticed to, you promised an oath never to divulge what you discovered because they could be powerful. These, these discoveries could be very powerful in weaponry and for techniques of controlling vast amounts of people. Therefore, they, they give their services to kings and monarchs across the planet who would want these kind of powers. But by doing so, and limiting it to what they gave them, they could still retain the largest amount of power that must always be kept secret from the general public. In other words, they'd always be way ahead in reality with their, their sciences than the public would ever know. And that hasn't happened today. Now they're called scientists. And they go through a formal education, and the, the brighter ones and the more psychopathic ones are generally pulled out and put into special jobs. They're given higher sciences, real, real stuff, not the stuff they're taught at university, to do with controlling the people or culling the people off or creating new kinds of lovely viruses and bacterium and ways to destroy people in large numbers or altering the food supply or even destroying the food supply if need be. That was all done in a book shown, a book called Deadly Allies, Canada's Secret War, written by a, a a man who worked for the Toronto Star. 
with declassified documentation from both the US and Canada and also Britain as well. So this, these are the projects these characters work on, but behind it all has been a humanistic thrust which now is predominant across society. They've destroyed the old religions and they published that, quite frankly. And, and they published the fact that they did destroy them, by the way, in, in long, drawn-out wars of propaganda. You really have a war for the public's mind, the mass. The mass is always dominated by some group or other, always done through time. And even the old religions made a big mistake because they kept most of their theology from the public, from the mass. They gave the mass simple rituals and simple beliefs and didn't go into any deep doctrine with them. And that's why these people had no defense when they were taken over by the humanists and the humanist societies. They were under many different names, such as National Socialism in Germany or Communism and the Soviet systems. It's always a war of dominant groups trying to control and get power over the minds of the masses. And all through the humanists' philosophy was the basic tenet that man is just an animal. And children are animals. That's the Skinnerian logic through behaviorist type psychology. But they drop babies from heights to see how they'd react when they fell, all that kind of stuff. It's just an animal we're dropping, no different from any other lab animal. And this is on video and so on, you can find it. And therefore, whatever the human needs are can be given substitutes, whatever the needs are. Just like an animal, you can give them a fake bone, you know, give it a, the smell of a bone in there, even though it's synthetic, and you'll chew away on that bone. Well, we're treated the same way. Same way, an animal. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff works on, on most people, not all, but most people. But down through the time, the, the, the biggest thing is how to control completely each human being. That's been, that's been really the object of this long, long, long drawn-out war. Ultimate, total, complete control. And the psychiatric and psychological professions back in the 20s and 30s came out with all kinds of fantastic ideas and theories about what made you who you are, what kind of person you are. And they started, of course, as they always do, with the criminal type or the feeble-minded type and had diagrams and, and had phrenology where they'd measure your skull and, and the spacing of your eyes uh, from your nose and all this kind of stuff. And, and very, very elaborate charts taught as a fact and taught as science. And even if there's a little extra part or longer earlobe, you could have a criminal tendency that all kinds of weird ideas, all kinds of it. And President Wilson, you'll find if you go back into his history, he, he was a phrenologist as all of them were into this eugenics idea. And he used to correspond with the British Prime Minister about the, the, this particular topic. They were really into it in a big way and dreamed about the day when they could literally diagnose and predict what a person would be if they grew up. But they also went into this other big thing through eugenics. And remember, the, part of, the end part of eugenics is genics. This is genetics. That's what it is. And... In the 60s and 70s, the big psychiatric associations talked about the day when they would discover how to eradicate that part from the personality. First, they suggested abortion. If they were going to predict one day that you were going to be a criminal, then they could abort you. Or 
simply sterilize the one or other of the parents so that you wouldn't be born at all. But they've gone even one step further now because they're pushing the same philosophy and mumbo-jumbo, by the way, under the guise of science and trying to remove genes from sperm and ovum and replace them with other genes or you simply omit them all together under the guise of saving society from future criminals. This is a, a quite the thing. It's heavily, heavily funded. Whenever you see massive funding, and again from governments and the same big foundations, you know this is, this is very important to them. And this article shows you one part of it that one association is up to, although it has links to others. And this is from the Science Science Magazine, Science Journal, 25th July 2008, Volume 321, Number 5888, page 4486. And he goes on to say here, Genetics Association. See, there's, there is an association of behavior genetics. They believe that all those junk genes and that, within those junk genes are specific ones that make you you and make, might make you an individual. And individuals, you know, are unpredictable. Yep, can't have that. And this is by Constance Holden. And this particular association, I guess, was 25th to the 28th of June, Louisville, Kentucky. It says, twin studies suggest that the intensity of a person's partisan attachment, and even where that person votes, may, I love how they always put may, be influenced by genes. And you get the credit to Carlos Barria. This is from the Routers, Routers in Randolph. Several groups are now trying to correlate personality data with DNA markers from studies such as NLSAH, which contains DNA, as well as behavioral data from many subjects, in hope of identifying specific genes that feed into underlying traits, such as desire for cooperation. See, desire for cooperation means obedience. That Fowler, for one, believes have been selected for throughout human evolution. So again, it's the evolutionists, you know, coming from the amoeba to the slime and all that. And studies so far have focused on the same genes that are of interest in psychiatric genetics. See, see, same old thing. You always get psychiatry, psychology, right in there with medicine for eugenics. In particular, those involved with neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin that are known to be important in regulating higher brain activities. The editors suggest the following related sources on science sites. In Science Magazine, News Focus, Behavior Genetics Association, The Sociable Brain, by Constance Holden, 25th July 2008. And then it's one there for, do good sperm predict a good brain? See, you see where this is all going? They're giving themselves the right to put a scientific garb over removing certain genes from sperm and ovum, or perhaps even embryos. And creating the new type, the Gattaca type society, the Gattaca movie, as we all have seen, where they create a, a type of so-called enhanced, enhanced superior types. And all those traits that make you an individual are absent. You, you work like a bee in the hive. That's what it's all about. See, that's what it's all about. Big money is funding this. And what I... I'm always amazed at is how people think 
Everything started in 2001. But somehow you had a little house in the Prairie Society before them, and Leave it to Beaver, and the Waltons with John Boy. All farce and fiction. This war has been waged for centuries. First by what they called secret societies that broke out openly in the 1500s and waged war against all the institutions that ruled the world at that time. And it took them 500 years to gain prominence. And now they run the system that they knew from the beginning where they were headed. I'll be back with more after this break. Who was the missing link for a while? 
and it turned out that the jaw was from a pig that someone had stuck on a human head. And that was good enough, you see, because it implanted over years the whole idea of evolution, so they can expose it years later, it doesn't matter, it's done its job. It's done its job. And now we have the great leap forward where part of the transition is supposed to be cyborg until they, they bring us into the new types of purpose-made people or ID people, ideal design. That's other meaning for ID. And they will decide what is to be the ideal design. Because as far back as Plato and before Plato, who only learned from the Egyptians, uh, the aristocracy had believed they could create a slave population that would be perfect for their task. A population where they, they wouldn't have to watch them and hire taskmasters and with quips and all that. They could actually breed you for specific tasks, tall people, short people, squat people, and so on. And the Neoplatonic school that came out of Alexandria adapted those ideas from the Republic and coupled it with logic and observational sciences and came up with their philosophies, which really did not change down through the centuries. It inspired all the various uh, subsequent philosophers that came along uh, in the Middle Ages and later and also inspired this whole movement. It was partly of this esoteric movement down through the ages to rebuild everything on the planet that they claimed was left imperfect. And what they mean by that is a system of rulers who can relax without worrying about the peasants revolting. That's what they really meant down through the time. And we hear these messages from the top come out uh, on 9-11 when they kicked off the, the, the match. That was to the start of the big match for the, the, the Hundred Years War. There's a war on all of us because we were all declared insane by the American Psychiatric Association long ago in their own journals because we have old-fashioned values and we believe in certain things and traits and even love and family love and stuff like that. That's actually a mental illness. Did you know that? That's a mental illness. If you have a religion, that's a mental illness too. And you contaminate your children. These are their, their words, their terminology. You contaminate your children and they'd have to break that, you see. And through the aid of television and standardization of school, they've done a full-scale war, and they've managed that. It's happened. And the television, which even starts with cartoons, think again, a cartoon is not real, but you put pictures on something that looks human, and you are supposed to be an animal, so you, you see it as a, as a person. But cartoons, drawings, see how that works? And the, ch the children are babysat in front of that TV. And if you watch what they're being indoctrinated with right now, it's astonishing. It will blow you away. Although most people are already blown away, most of the adults already got blown away. They can't really decipher anything anymore. And they can't think for themselves, they need experts to tell them. So little Johnny and Jane are being completely indoctrinated into a new type of creature that's coming along with special powers, with a wonderful world where everyone is nice. But everyone will obey society. And that's the function of cartoons and children's shows to bring the next part of the culture update. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt, and we are cutting through the matrix. This welter of confusion that's pummeled upon us on a daily basis all through our lives, where the media goes into action on certain topics, and, that's, and they prattle on about it until we start prattling on about it. And we're being given downloads all the time on how they think and, and what they think about and what they talk about, exactly as Brzezinski said. This whole war on terror means a war on all of those who are contaminated. Their ideas are contaminated from an old lifestyle, the old way. And that's what they mean by that. If you're not with us, you're, you're with the terrorists. Well, that's what they mean by that. This is a war to eradicate all of that and to ram through over a course of a hundred years into a, a world which is the brave new world, a term coined thousands of years ago by a philosopher, brave new world, and used by Huxley in his book of the same name, where they can create purpose-made beings which will be compliant and will be unable to even think enough as a personal, distinct being to be unhappy. And that is called utopia. That is where they're heading for. And if they can just find the right genes that make you, you, all those, but then all that junk that they call junk, that junk, you see, compiles up to make the totality of you. If they can just find them, the markers, you can remove them, and you'll be a happy little voter. You might even go and vote for the first time in your life. And you'll, you'll, you'll bow to everyone and, and be happy and call everybody comrade. Comrade. And you respect all authority, and you, you'll just rush to obey it. No matter what it wants, you'll obey it. And that's utopia for the elite. Where for the first time in thousands of years, they can sit back, rest on their laurels, knowing that the public are unable to ever have a revolution. And these guys at the top are masters of revolution because they led most of them, the bloody ones and the unbloody ones, the civil revolutions. And during that whole process, they understood the mob. They understand how the masses think. Terrific understanding of human nature. It's been studied. We're the most studied species on the planet. Always happy. So now that they've got us to where they want us and have knocked over all opposition and become the new gods, they're bringing in this 21st century with a bang and they want to complete over a hundred year period the transition where they have to use physical force initially and fear and terror to make comply into the next phase which is seeing new kinds of humans being brought forth and chimeras part animal part human until there is no idea or memory of what normal was and that really is why they've went through all these revolutions sexual and otherwise for the last 50, 60, 70 years nothing to do with helping people it was to get you used to no normalcy when you have no normalcy you can't compare anything new to you don't object you're in flux, your mind is in flux and you can be swept along 
to the next phase and the next phase and the next phase. That's what it's all about. That we supposedly are simply not good enough. We're not good enough servants or slaves. And we need all of this attention and, and downloading by television. Yeah, it, it keeps us quiet and happy, but we're always being downloaded for indoctrination. But all that takes time, money that could be going into their pockets at the top. And it's just not efficient enough. So they must make sure with the ultimate brain chip, which will be part of it, it might not be there forever, but definitely is to be part of it on the way, that we can't cause any more problems. And that's why Britain has put out all this hullabaloo about losing documentation, private documentation from disks and all that on people, on welfare and pensions, etc. That's why just the other day they said that thousands of passports have been stolen. Now, dear, dear, what could be the solution? Maybe a chip under the skin, eh? We know where it's all going and what it's all for. Because they don't make these kind of mistakes at the top. They don't make, you don't pay money to big institutions and, and think tanks and organizations that work for you to make those kinds of mistakes. They don't make mistakes. Neither do they make messes up with, with the economy. They know exactly what they're doing with the economy. They don't have to predict what's going to happen. They know what's going to happen. They plan it that way. So we know that all this fear-mongering to do with terrorists everywhere, just flocking around in airports and all that, and, and possible criminals too, that obviously were coming through for the last hundred years and longer uh, and causing no problems at airports, um, will have to be dealt with, and everyone has to comply. Like being fingerprinted, iris-scanned, voice-printed on your card too. The new card has an, a place for your, your voice to be, to be put on it. Your whole medical data, and as they announced in Britain, you do, you'll do your banking through it as well. It's the one, the one card does all. And that will be you until they put the chip in you, because obviously they've already given out scans, portable scans which people can buy, and walk past you and scan it in your pocket. Just to scare the hell out of you, you see? And you'll, you'll ask for a solution, and in will come the, the chip in your arm, which will have a, some sort of shielding device that it cannot be scanned by those ones you can buy. It's very simple. Very simple to lead the public, because they always, they always fall into the trap. A good confidence trickster depends on the victim to pull off the con, the con trick in the first place. He knows your logic. He knows your logic. That's how the world is run. And I don't know if there's any callers up on the screen. I've still got the... Oh, I've just come up. Okay. Okay, now there's Z from California. Are you there? Yeah, hi, Alan. Can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Great. How are you doing? I'm surviving amongst all the, the rain and the deer fly and the mosquitoes and black fly. <laughs> I think they're, you know, trying to uh, drive you to suicide, you know? <laughs> I think they're trying to make me very anemic, very anemic. Until I'm both tired, I'll have to crawl out of here. Yeah. You and Hamish need to uh, go to like a nice, warm, sunny California beach one day. It's chemtrailed to death, you know. Well, but actually, yeah, uh, I get the chemtrails too, so it's, a, it's probably the better or the, or the, or the, the lesser of two evils. <laughs> At least I get a suntan, yeah. Well, actually, I have some good, I guess, good news from California. Uh, you know, last time I saw actually chemtrails was on 4th of July, and since then it's been uh, pretty uh, clear. So whatever... That means, I guess it means that they're spraying it earlier in the day because, you know, yeah. early in the morning it is indeed very hazy, but that could be also the smog, and you can never tell. 
But uh, uh, yeah, there are people up early in your area because I get calls from all over California uh-huh. who do watch it early in the morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I had I had a couple of questions. Thank you so much for taking my call. I was hoping I can ask you some things. Um, first of all, I know this is kind of off topic, but um, I'm I'm from Balkans. You know, I'm a I'm a Slavic person. Yeah. Uh, could you talk maybe about the history of Slavic people sometimes? Uh, I know you've talked about the history of you know the mankind from you know the Hurrians to per- to Sumerians to troglodytes to cave dwellers, but uh, where do the Slavic people come uh, from? Well, even the term is a bit misleading. Yeah, uh, Slavic. It's really go by a language more than it, or the roots of a language more than anything else. Oh. And um, what's more important really is is the area. The area itself has been of prime importance down through history, um, where they've been concentrated. Uh, most folk, you know, when they, when they created countries and put borders around them, it was often to contain specific people for specific ages to come. They would use them. They left China alone, for instance, for a long, long time, because they always had a purpose for China, which we know what has, has happened now. And even Napoleon said, let the, let the dragon sleep, you know. Mm. Um, so the, the main conquerors left certain places alone, but they had purposes for them in, down the road in the future. Um, the Slavic history is, is very old, very complicated as well. Blood-drenched. Blood-drenched, absolutely blood-drenched. And, um, and, uh, and also, too, within the Slavic peoples, there's a, a form of personal independence, um, characters, individual characteristics amongst them. I think that's why they were so despised by by Germans and others, uh, because they wanted conformity. Any people who have the tendency for individualism uh, in a sort of hereditary fashion, uh, they really despise. They can't control them so easily, you know. Mm. So that's 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 part of the reason they've had a, a tough time down through down through the 20th century. Well, even before that, I mean, we were invaded by just about everybody uh, from yeah. you know Ottoman Empire, who you know they they came into Bosnia and uh, mm-hmm. you know converted many people and and you know created the Muslim community down there, which yeah. you know in the 93 in a, in a war you know in 1993 mm-hmm. it caused a lot of strife and, and, and sure. chaos and I think it was all you know pre-planned, I suppose, wouldn't it be? Uh, I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, thank you for that. That's that's uh, that's very very uh, insightful. Now, uh, another thing you mentioned before is uh, money. How money is you know a creation, artificial creation, and it's a it's a negative thing upon humanity, and how we need to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, I've watched Star Trek a few times, and one of the interesting things is that they always claim they have no money. Yes. They have no money. They they get everything they need from out of nothing, and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wondering, uh, what would be a money alternative? I mean, uh, barter seems uh, obvious choice, but it's uh, limited in scale. You know, uh, it's you only can't limited really in have scale. A Here's the key: it's only limited in scale if you still think in today's terms with all the gadgetry that you have, mm-hmm. and that which you want. Right. Uh, barter is fine for self-sufficiency uh, and societies of the past. They've created a system today where you're used to commerce rules today, commerce. Uh, We're all economic units and economic systems for commerce. And so really, uh, this disease of progress or civilization 
which is simply an agenda, uh, began uh, when they introduced their money and then trading followed up. You'd have to understand, you'd have to live outside all of that, with all the ga- without the gadgetry, without the sciences and all the nonsense that they give us, so, to, so be you free, basically, to be free. Yeah. So you're basically saying that money uh, has caused sort of an overinflation in humanity in, in, a, in a way that it, it made it grow way beyond its proportions, and now it's sort of a, like a giant bubble. Yeah, yeah. Money, money took us away from self-sufficiency. Yeah, and that's the key to it. This whole agenda must end with no self-sufficiency. That's why you must be interdependent. So your choice today is to live in the system to its end, which it will bring you to. It doesn't. It's not prepared to keep you going on the sentient thinking mind. Right. They've told us that, um, and enjoy the goodies while you get them or opt out of the system altogether, but it would take a hell of a lot doing it at the same time for that to happen. Um, so how, how, how does one opt out of the system? I'm sorry, I'm hogging <laughs> the phone line. But how does one opt out of the system if you're already sort of in debt and you have, you know, college loans and bills and, and, and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, would you give us a couple of suggestions on how to get out of that? Well, you know, you identity, it, I suppose? The system, <laughs> the system runs with legalities where you accept what they offer on their terms. And you're kind of stuck if you're already indebted to them, especially today they can track you down. Yeah. Uh, they can track you down. Either that or declare bankruptcy, have nothing to give them, and and go from there if you want to be self-sufficient in the time that you have left. But we, as I say, we know this system is not, it's not intended to stay static. It's not static right now. It's going through big changes. Uh, into the new type, and they're taking us to the end of the road, which literally is the obliteration of even the ability to form a concept as being a distinct, separate individual. That's where they're taking us. So as we play with the goodies and, and rush around with cell phones stuck to our ears and, and Bluetooth and all the rest of it, we're, we're, we're going down to the path of destruction, which they intend to bring us to. And we've got to be fascinated all the way as we play all the way to the bitter end. And uh, you must not ask the, the dreaded question, why? You know, like in a brave new world, uh, mm-hmm. why is, the, is almost a, a swear word, almost on a level of mother and yes. father, why is a horrible word. And thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, would you mind speaking on that a little bit? And I uh, appreciate everything you're doing, and keep it up. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the key to it. Where it's so amazing to see us in the last stages of this particular species as we are, uh, playing and, and jumping on everything they give us, which simply trains us to the next step, the next step, the next step, until there's no more steps to go. You know, there's already children there who want to be chipped like their little comic stars and have superpowers. They really believe they're going to be given superpowers. And they've been trained, too, that, that we are inadequate. The transhumanist societies are, are out there working with the big companies that make the cartoons and the movies to convince them that the human body is simply not good enough the way it is. But that's on behalf of their masters. It's not to please us they're doing this. All these changes is to, is to bring their plan off to the very end. The very end. This is the, they call it the strong delusion. And many are deluded. Now we've got Terry from Canada. Are you there, Terry? Yes, I am, Ellen. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yes. It's been such a pleasure um, listening to you uh, over the last few months. I've been listening to your podcast. I think I'm probably listening to three, four hundred hours. So I don't want to repeat any uh, 
questions you've already answered in, in previous podcasts, but uh, one, one of the things that's been currently on my mind, you know, as I've watched the uh, weather warfare and the spraying of the skies um, intensify over, I'm, I'm in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, I've never seen rains like this in my mm-hmm. life, and the weather and the cloud movement and yep. the microbursts coming in. I just came back from uh, the seat of the New World Order in London, England today, and I raised the uh, everyone's eyes to the sky as we looked at the crisscrossing of the sky, and I took some pictures, and in no time at all, the sky was uh, mushy looking, and I said that that's not a contrail. I, just to raise some awareness, and I was flying with airline people and pilots, and even they went, yeah, that's not yeah. a contrail. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> The question, I, I guess, in the agenda that I'm, I'm trying to gain an understanding for myself and, and family as we try our best to muddle through and protect ourselves and do the best we can as, a, as I feel that society has been so dumbed down to the point that even as I speak about this daily in my lives, very few people even want to hear what I have yep. to say that... The, the agenda, you know, 2010, North American Union, 2012, the United Nations mm-hmm. declares itself world government. I'm kind of want to see if you have an answer to how much time before the actual, mm-hmm. you know, the culling of the population takes place. Okay, I'll answer that after this break. Magazines because little thoughts are implanted and are meant to make you unhappy. 
with your present situations. So, so up to a period of 20 years, and during that period too, they want massive shifts of population into the big cities, the habitat areas, and even in the Toronto Star, there's, there's, there's talks about it to do with, with that very thing under coming crisis to do with weather. As the weather changes, then they would expect massive movements of people to safe areas. That was on the, the you know, the, the Cecil Rhodes Foundation funded a movie along the World Wildlife Fund organization 15 years ago on this very topic. Big movie, and they moved millions of people out of Louisiana, northwards as they flood Louisiana, to show you that we caused problems. Didn't mention the spraying or the harp that's used in conjunction with it. But as long as we see the effects of it, we'll believe them and we'll, we'll do what they want. So a whole war situa- situation, rationing of food has to come along. And the plagues and pandemics, pandemics are ideal for containing people in certain areas because it keeps springing up every five years or so once it starts in the same areas. It'll come up, die away, come up, die away. You'll be contained in your own areas. You won't be able to move out. So... And then they want to, they're talking about riots up to the year 2030, and after that, they'll have their brave new world scenario in. A completely new generation who've known nothing but terrorism, or the, the shouts and threats of terrorism, and being searched and, and all the rest of it. Then after that, it's, it's a simple 70 years to a brave new world. Very simple then. They, have, they could do it right now, but they have to condition the public step by step or they lose it. We must think every little transition is quite natural. That's how it's worked out. And I think the music's coming in. And I didn't get to Jennifer or Keith. But uh, I'll ask them to call in again on Friday, if they can. And thanks for holding. From myself and Hamish in Ontario, Canada, on a wet evening, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.